Hope Over Hype is a podcast that shares the stories of ordinary people who are serving an extraordinary God. I hope you're in a place where you can dance because it is about to get hype. Hope Overhype. I'm so excited uh, to have my good friends Kevin and Jamie Collick here with me today. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I have had the privilege of knowing them through our community group over the past year and it has just been such a joy um, and I'm really excited for you to hear how God has worked through their lives and in their marriage and in their family. So thank y'all so much for being here today and um, we'll just jump right in and I want to ask you how you met. Uh, um, okay, so we met um, right after I graduated from college, and Kevin had graduated, and I came back here. Kevin's from New Jersey, mm-hmm. and so... Um, I had been graduated for a while already, but... Yeah, hadn't decided what he was doing with his life, so mm-hmm. his brother was here, and so he, um, his brother asked him to come here to live, so he did, mm-hmm. and... Um, they came to the church that I went to, and um, I met James. I met James and Renee King. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they told me there was a ministry that had a basketball component to it, and they used that to fellowship with the the local kids at the Y. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Cool, I love playing Y." So back then, I had a good knee. I love playing ball <laughs> at the Y. Yeah, and I had a good knee, and uh, which I don't have now. And then uh, so I showed up and. You were there. I was there, and we met, and not long after that, started dating, and mm-hmm. yeah, the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, what do you each do for a living? You go first. Okay. So, I work for a program called TRIO, and what we do is, um, it's a federally funded program, and we mentor and motivate kids to go to college, mm-hmm. and so we... Um, basically try to just educate them on higher education and how important it is for them and then once they hit 11th and 12th grade we like help them pay for application fees enrollment fees Mm -hmm. give them access to different scholarships and resources that will show them scholarships Mm -hmm. and then that first semester they're in college try to mentor them and make sure they stick with the process yeah Yeah. that's so good and I keep Robbie and Annie Freeman's kids yeah. <laughs> and mine. So yeah. yeah, I know some days I wish that I could be a part of that. <laughs> we have fun. We have a really good time. Lots of slime made. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about your kids. Their ages, names. Um, sixteen. Kevin. Kevin Junior. Yeah. And then Chase is eleven, and Rosie is two. Awesome. So what is something that y'all do that's life giving together? Well, our one-on-one time that's life-giving is we like to go on dates. And so since we've been married, it's been pretty consistent mm-hmm. a Friday night. And we'll go out and just, whether it's a cheap date or an expensive date or whatever, we'll just, you know, we like to go out on Friday nights mm-hmm. and just make sure we get carved that time out and just kind of check in and yeah. stuff like that. Recently, there's been lots of quick, like, hour-long, cheap, just ride around in the car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Riding around in the car. Pizza. Yeah. Drink a coffee or whatever. Because, um, yeah. yeah, we try to get back on that financial track. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot to, of cheap uh, dates, a lot yeah. of driving around. Yeah. Trying yeah. to please Dave Ramsey with our dates. Yeah. So, well, we like, like driving around in the car. That gives us opportunity to really talk. Um, 
in private just about what's going on to check in and mm-hmm. just kind of how's your walk going and you know that's yeah. one thing I like to always say to people when I'm trying to talk with them like, how's the walk yeah yeah, so yeah. yeah we enjoy riding around in the car together and then with our kids um we like we have family night um as Kev has gotten older especially we've had to like really say okay this is family night so you have to be home yeah this night you can't or this stay time night or anybody's house yeah. So yeah. Just... yeah it's um as it's been easier when they were younger but as they as Kev gets older especially and has his license and can go wherever and play sports and works and all that we have to kind of carve out the time to make sure we're all together at least um a night or two a week and uh so we like to go eat or um just they bought spike ball (laughs) recently so play we got we got on like a little cornhole thing for a while and then um they just bought spike ball not t-ball they made up some kind of wiffle ball game that we played in the backyard Mm -hmm. that was so hard but it is really fun (laughs) so uh, but yeah so we like to play yeah (laughs) Yeah. sweet so what would your ideal date night be Mm. Okay. If you didn't have to do Dave Ramsey. <laughs> if we didn't, we would go to Webb's. It's in nasty Gastonia, but that place is so <laughs> nice. It's like an old movie theater they made into this fancy restaurant, and that food is so good. Somebody got, else like, said Webb's on here. Yeah, I, I think Keith and Joe said that. Jo- yeah, yeah um, and I was like, oh, we'll double date with y'all. Um, yeah. sure, or yeah. going to Greenville and doing a show and yeah. eating oh, at yeah. just any restaurant, any really. We love but to just like go walk up show. and down the street in Greenville. Like, yeah, just, that's it's just so, so cute. cool. Yeah, 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 just all the little club. stores and stuff like that. So, yeah. Okay, so we'll just jump right into your Hope Overhype story. So, what has it looked like throughout your marriage to put Jesus first, and how does that play out in how you love one another, and what challenges have you faced? in that Ooh, that's loaded. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a loaded yeah. question okay so um you know as far as like our relationship and our marriage like um growing up as a girl of course you dream of your wedding day mm-hmm. and you dream of um I mean I think you dream of marriage but more than that you dream of the day the yeah. wedding day and yeah. I mean I know I had like well I had named all my kids too and then we named them nothing close to that because somebody else has to give their opinion <laughs> <laughs> and you forget that there's another opinion that's going to be involved one yeah. day but um yeah you dream of what your dress is going to look like and what kind of flowers I mean when you're like 10 and you have no idea who this person is going to be so yeah. there's a lot of hype and every movie you know is like dedicated to like finding the one or whatever you know so I think there's just a lot of hype built up in that for women especially or for girls growing up especially um so then Kevin and I met and not long after we met (laughs) um I got pregnant and so um yeah kind of made our uh that all that dream and hope and all of that kind of (laughs) all that that I had built up as a kid, it kind of went uh, down the tubes a little bit <laughs> in some mm-hmm. ways. And so um, we ended up getting married when I was seven months pregnant. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was just kind of a really hard time for us yeah. um, and a really hard hard time for me especially, I think. Um, just all the shame and just growing up here and being involved in ministry. And we were both really involved in our church and really involved in ministry. But, you know, 
a lot of people told me everybody's struggling with sin. Just everybody could see ours. Ours was just out mm-hmm. in the open for everybody. Mm-hmm. The band-aid got ripped off, yeah. you know. Oh, and so, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that was kind of a um, an interesting time in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it was a little, for me, I think more for Jamie, it was very, um, like she had grew up in Shelby and mm-hmm. she had grew up a Christian. And so mm-hmm. for me, I didn't grow up in Shelby and I didn't grow up a Christian. Mm-hmm. So us getting pregnant and having to move through that season of feeling that sin for me it was just like dealing with any other sin like yeah god's going to forgive us we're going to move through it we're going to get better at it we're going to do counseling all that stuff but seeing people judge me and judge her really i got hit with some things that i wasn't expecting to get hit with like you know people that mentored me would get were really angry at me and really just like you know were yelling at me about what i had done wrong Mm -hmm. And, um, and just people saying things to me and saying things about, you know, should you be getting married? You're getting married. Why'd you get married? You know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, I thought this out. But like, because we're having a baby, they're thinking I hadn't thought it out. I'm like, yeah, I've, I've thought it out. Like, yeah. I, I love this girl. I want to get married to her. I mm-hmm. mean, we didn't just get pregnant yesterday. And, you know, we, I mean, we knew each other for seven months and then we decided to get married. Well, I guess for some I was people, that's not. For seven yeah. yeah, well, that's how long we, that's basically how long we, that's how, how long we dated, and I decided I wanted to marry her, yeah. and I mean, that's longer than most times when I date girls, you know, it's yeah. like three, four months, and, you know, I'm, you know, thinking, man, I might want to marry that girl, you know, so yeah. dating her for seven months was, that was a long time for me, but, I mean, I think just people judging me and Christians judging me, I think that really hurt mm. me inside that process and helped yeah. me to see that all Christians aren't built the same, because I thought, well, I'm just going to go through this. Yeah. And there were Christians a lot of Christians will, that were really good to us, too. Yeah, there were a lot of Christians yeah. that were good, but I expected everybody to be good because yeah. they were Christians. And I think me just being in the game, being a Christian for five or seven years, I, didn't, I hadn't really ever experienced Christians being super mean to me mm-hmm. like that. And I, I experienced that, and it was kind of weird. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. So I think just um, for us just putting – I mean – well, and then we had just met each other, and we had clicked, and we were, so there was a lot of hope and um, a lot of, I guess, hype in that, too. Just, yeah. like, our relationship was just so good, and then we find out I'm pregnant, and it's just like, you know, just everything, yeah. like. So then you had yeah. to kind of fight through things that, yeah. you know, like, people, like, your typical, I guess, hype, you know, marriage and relationship is you're going to wait to have your kids, and then yeah. you have mm-hmm. your kids, and then you buy your home, and all these little yeah. happy moments, and for us, it was always kind of like bumpy and mm-hmm. rough because we already had a kid yeah. and we're having to work through the pains and the struggles and the baggage that came from that yeah. and even just going to church like when we went to our first church you know um we went in feeling a little embarrassed about it mm-hmm. because jamie hadn't yet had our child yet but mm-hmm. then we were showing up to church and mm-hmm. we had just gotten married and it's kind of like oh we know what y'all did you know so <laughs> then it's like but they were so loving and kind yeah. you know what i'm saying but you yeah. still even after having care for a little while when people would say how long have y'all been married mm-hmm. and then like obviously we've been married just as long as our how old our <laughs> child is yeah. and it's a little awkward and they're like oh and you're like oh Okay. Yeah. You feel like you have to confess your sin to like everybody. Yeah. yeah. So here's what happened. I mean, like everybody yeah. know, but it was just mm-hmm. embarrassing. It was hard. It was really hard for me. Just really, really hard for me. And yeah. I think you know, um, just kind of made me a lot more just inward focused and a lot more to myself than mm-hmm. I have been. Just loud and silly and an extrovert, but I just kind of, uh, just kind of wanted to stay home with my baby and <laughs> just kind of uh, let the world kind of go by without me. And so I just uh, felt safe there and didn't 
feel as safe and not necessarily anybody's fault, but just, you know, just kind of the way that I, that I felt and just the shame that I felt, um, through that time. And so yeah. I think that that was, um, and then obviously getting married and not being a hundred percent ready. Like I think our focus was just on being pregnant. And then even the first year of our marriage, the focus on just, um, having a baby and being mm-hmm. new parents and re- yeah. And then I think, honestly, I think when I think back, like the first year was actually, as far as our relationship was great because mm-hmm. I think all we had to focus on was a baby. And mm-hmm. then it kind of like, okay, we have to be married too. Like we yeah. have to figure out how to like <laughs> be married and be in this relationship with each other too. And so, um, the first few years were, were hard and really, really hard. And, yeah. um, there was just a lot of baggage that we brought in from our past and, um, yeah. A lot of things that even in premarital counseling, our counselor was fantastic, but it was like we were talking about our issue, our issue with being pregnant before we were married a lot more than we were talking about all the other mess uh, in our whole lives. Just, random, <laughs> just the random sins and issues that yeah. you struggle with when you're just a person just going a into a marriage yeah. and having to, you know, a lot of our focus was on our the fact that we were about to have a, yeah, yeah, we were about to have a baby. And, yeah. and, and so then a couple years in, we have to kind of dig through all of that. Yeah. And yeah. So we just kind of did everything backwards. And so, um, so all of that was just really hard, but, um, I think, you know, God has been really, really good through it all and has just put a lot of really good people in our lives to, yeah. um, guide us and mentor us and help us through all those processes. And so, um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm, that's good. Um, so ha- what has God delivered you from or in the process of delivering you from that causes you to have hope? Um, I think just along those same lines, just, um, I still, I'm not going to say that I have been delivered, but definitely just that shame. I have yeah. just struggled with the shame big time, um, of all of that. Cause I think just, I just kind of had the front up that every, that I, you know, like even, <laughs> even somebody said to me recently, Oh, you were a goody two shoes. Like, and high school and stuff like that. I was a believer all the way through high school and um, just kind of kept that little front up that everything was good. And so um, I think just, you know, when all that crashes, (laughs) um, just the shame of that and just the like, oh, I'm not who everybody thought I was. You know, I'm not even who I thought I was, you know? And so I think that that was um, just really hard. And I think, you know, you go two steps forward and then somebody says, how long have y'all been married? And it's like, all that hits me again. And it's just like, Oh, you know, like I feel my heart racing and feel, you know, I'm like, Oh, I have to live this over again. Um, so yeah, definitely just like reminding myself that, um, that shame can be a pride issue Mm -hmm. Uh, for me, especially it's a little bit of pride because it's a little bit of like holding on and, uh, like paying some kind of price for my sin, Mm -hmm. um, that has already been paid and I don't have to pay that price. I can Mm -hmm. just give it to Jesus. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of, yeah. I think the thing that I'm working on, I'm <laughs> working on being delivered from. Yeah. I think for me, it is probably just being, I'm just built to be super impatient and, um, I don't know why, but so for me, that pains out in a couple of different ways. Like if I'm in relationships with people, like I don't want to wait for them to mm-hmm. say something or wait for them to explain themselves. Or if we're in a, a bit of a debate about what needs to get done, I'm, not even listening to them. I'm thinking about what I'm going to say next. Mm-hmm. And so that turns into me like steamrolling people in conversations or not being able to really hook in in an intimate way yeah. in relationships with people. So obviously that will hurt your marriage mm-hmm. when you first get married, not really listening to what your spouse is saying or 
trying to be a dad and not listening to my kids. And so, um, but then the uh, the other way that it, it ends up panning out is that like, I typically am the one that has a plan for our family, what we're gonna do, how we're gonna do it. Like I have these little plans and I say, okay, Jamie, we're gonna do this. And Jamie's like, okay, well, and then I thought maybe we could do this too. And then I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, hold on. You know, like I have the plan and so we need yeah. to do my plan. And so because I'm so impatient, I don't want to wait for her to tell me what her thoughts are or maybe what we can add to it. I just want to do it my way. Mm-hmm. And so that ends up me steamrolling her, not listening to her, not listening to her opinion and just really wanting my way. So then it pans out to be more of me being selfish mm-hmm. because I'm so impatient and I don't want to wait to see what fruit or idea she has, you know, and same thing with my boys too. I do the same thing with them. So that's definitely a process I'm still working through too. Just yeah. making sure I listen to people and listen and then ask questions and you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why is Jesus worth being the center of your marriage? Um, so I think for me, when I think of um, Jesus being the center of our of our marriage, I think about um, just the life that Jesus wants for us. I think it would be Kevin and I are like really good friends. We're it's mm-hmm. super easy for us to be best friends. It's super easy for us to uh, well, I say it's easy for us to laugh together. He gets on my nerves. He's always <laughs> goofy. <laughs> Doing that sometimes I go too long with the joke yeah. and then it turns into just getting on your nerves because I don't went too long. <laughs> but we have a good time. It's easy for us to want to be together. We yeah. want to be together all the time. We want to go to the grocery store together. We want to go to the gas station together. Like mm-hmm. um, when I am at Robbie and Annie's keeping the kids, if he has a work from home day, he wants to come over there and work. Yeah. <laughs> like he, we want to be together as yeah. much as we possibly can. So um, that's just been super easy for, for us from the beginning, just to enjoy being together. But I know that there's more than that. And I know that even as like non-believers, we could be those people who, um, I mean, maybe people who just like are super successful together and have a big house and a, you know, nice car. We ain't those people. <laughs> but people who are like good friends or people like you could have aspects of a really good relationship without Jesus. And mm-hmm. and I believe that there's tons of non-Christians who have great relationships. And so I don't, I'm not saying it, saying anything about that, but I think what Jesus wants for us, you know, like in so many areas of our life, he is able to show us just a picture of who he is mm-hmm. and what he has for us and what he wants for us and the way he pursues us. And I think one of those pictures is like, we talk about the bride of Christ. And yeah. um, so one of those pictures is marriage. And so in order for us to like really see that picture of, what how Jesus sees us we have to like lay ourselves down and um like give our all to our relationship to really get to be not only to see it ourselves but to be the image bearers also um for other people and then um you know like with my kids you I think that I have seen um I think God shows himself to everybody differently but for me personally um having kids has helped me to see uh just how God pursues me and how he pursues me whether I have, you know, um, paid him any attention or not. Like, you know, Kev is 16 and there are days that he barely speaks to. (laughs) He's just a typical 16 year old. He's a great kid, but he just has days that he's busy and thinks that his life is just so important that he just, you know, 
only talks, only speaks if spoken to. Yeah. And so, you know, but I love him and I just want a relationship with him and I'm calling him and texting him. And, and that's how, you know, in some ways how Jesus is with, Jesus is with us. He's just constantly pursuing us. And I think like if we just go through the motions, we don't get to see that. We don't get to see if we just are settling for just being good friends and having a good time together and not like really working hard on the other stuff that's harder for us, you know, Um, then I think then we don't get to see that and we don't get to be like that uh, just symbolic example of Mm -hmm. who, how Jesus sees the bride of Christ, you know, and so does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, it's about, um, when you say is Jesus worth it as far as being our, in our relationships, like I want the very, I want Jesus to make me the very best version of who I am. And yeah. I want that for Jamie and I want that for my boys. And I feel like, you know, in, in order to make that happen, it has to be centered around Jesus, obviously. But I feel like people, like Jamie said, they have mm-hmm. successful lives, they have jobs, they do this, they do that, and they don't really know who Jesus is. Maybe yeah. they're not saved, or maybe they are saved, but they don't really dive into who Jesus is and yeah. who Jesus has for them as the best version of who they're supposed mm-hmm. to be. Like, they don't really spend time with God, and they just kind of go to church on Sunday, mm-hmm. kind of do their thing, and then they live their lives. Yeah. And so for me, it's like, I so deeply want Jesus to change our lives radically. Like I want Mm -hmm. him to make me think radically about how I interact with people at work and how I interact with my kids. And I want him to just shift how Jamie interacts with people and just constantly be focused on Jesus. And Mm -hmm. I want my boys to go to school and just be thinking, okay, how does God want me, want to use me? You know, like I just want God to just show himself to just be so real almost like we're just nose to nose with him you know what i'm saying like i just want him to show up in our finances just just radically just be the center of everything that we do no matter what it is going to the supermarket going to the gym and i just feel like when i focus in on jesus and i try to do that for my family like i realize i'm doing that so that my family can be who I want them to be. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like yeah. when I'm reading my word and I'm praying, I'm just doing all these different things. I'm not doing it so I can be strong and big and people can say, oh, you know, you're a mature Christian. It's like, no, like I really want something good for my marriage and I can't do it by myself because I'm jacked up. Yeah. Like I need Jesus and I can't be a good dad unless I put Jesus at the center of that process and then maybe I can try to be a good dad. But without that, I'm just going to argue with my son and get in these weird arguments about nothing, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah. And so I just have to, putting Jesus in the middle of it, I think puts me and J- Jamie in a situation, especially with our relationship, that we're not just trying to be good people with good morals that go mm-hmm. to church. Like yeah. We're like really trying to see Jesus like change our lives for the good and, and challenge mm-hmm. us, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's something you don't know that you want unless you know Jesus. I mean, obviously, like, even from the outside looking in, you know, on the way here, (laughs) we drove by this huge house that was being built. And Kevin was like, okay, like, what job do we need to go get? You (laughs) know? I said, I'm going to be a psychiatrist and you're going to be an eye doctor. (laughs) We're just going to kill the game. (laughs) You know, and even now, even though we know, even though we know that what we want is something different, when you see that, you're like... 
okay, that would be nice for a second. You know? yeah. like, um, and yeah. not that there's anything not that, wrong with that. Yeah, I'm not, not saying, that those people can't love Jesus. And they whatever. probably do. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. I'm just saying But it has like, to be your passion. Yeah. It has yeah. to be the thing that God is leading you and guiding you to as a passion. And he wants, not saying that God's going to say, be a psychiatrist, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like when you put God at the center, you're then, you're attracted to the things that, you know, would potentially be in your best interest yeah. As, as a person. And if that means you're making a whole lot of money or not making a whole lot of money, it doesn't really matter. But if you put Jesus at the center of that process and realizing that he's worth it, like I'm putting mm-hmm. him at the front of it, him in the middle of it. And then I think that helps you to flourish as a person. So you can mm-hmm. flourish as a person making $30,000 a year, or you can flourish as a person making a hundred thousand dollars a year, but you're not going to flourish as a person. If you don't have Jesus in the middle of that process, yeah. you just want to be a person making money yeah but you ain't gonna flourish into who christ wants you to be you know yeah. what i'm saying oh so, yeah that's yeah. so good and that's I, I mean i told you all this earlier but that's what i admire about y'all is that you want for more like you don't settle for just being you know best friends or roommates or whatever like yeah. you want for more because jesus wants more from yeah. you and that like allows you to to dream and you know and yeah. to just want for immeasurably more yeah i love that um, so how have you seen the mighty hand of God specifically during your time together? Um, I think obviously, you know, just the obvious from just our story, I think just the fact that we shouldn't be together statistically, we mm-hmm. shouldn't be together. Um, I can remember one of my friends at uh, at our wedding, so to like sign into our, our registry instead of a registry like we did pictures and mm-hmm. you signed your picture you oh, know like a little polaroids um i don't even know if you remember this because it's with my friend but she had gotten pregnant and they've been married they're still married now and like that was her little sign in like we're living proof you know mm-hmm. and so um i think that's really cool now to like look back on and um you know they worked hard at their relationship and are still together and um, and you know, statistically we shouldn't be together. Statistically, we didn't date long enough. Um, we got pregnant before we were married. Um, we just weren't quite ready to get married and we got married and <laughs> just focused on Jesus. I mean, if we're just honest, we just weren't quite ready to get married, but, um, but we just worked really hard at it. And, um, I want to say we've never said we would split up, but I mean, if we're honest, we have had moments that we're like, Whoo, are we going to make it? You know, are we, are we going to make it through this? Like this is hard. Mm -hmm. And are we going to make it through this? And we just keep coming back. Like we just keep coming back, coming back to Jesus Mm -hmm. and, um, just constantly laying ourselves down and, um, trying to be selfless in our relationship. I think for me it is, um, cause we did start our process like all together. It was like, you got a two, four. Cause I got a, uh, I had a wife and a kid immediately, immediately. Mm-hmm. And it was like, but I had no idea how to be either one because yeah. my dad was not a good dad. Uh, he's dead now, but he wasn't a good dad cause he just wasn't around mm-hmm. and he didn't even care to be around. And then mm-hmm. when he was around near the end, before he died, he had a really hard time like stepping up and saying why he did life the way he did and why mm-hmm. he didn't want to be around me. And for me, that hurt me because yeah. I just didn't know why you don't want to be around me. Like, why don't, why didn't you ever want to be involved in my life? And he had all his different reasons, but, and he had a different relationship with my brother and my sister. But for me, I really felt like he really didn't want to be involved with me. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
And so I never really knew how to be, uh, I, I never really knew how to be a man, yeah. ever. I had to figure that out, out along the way, everything. Mm-hmm. And I had to figure out how to be a husband, mm-hmm. too, because I had no examples. Like, my friends, their parents were not married, mm-hmm. and my mom and dad were divorced, and I didn't know my dad. So going into the process, it's like, well, I got to learn how to be a dad and a husband. And so for me, me seeing God's hand work was him putting me in different Bible studies and the different churches I was at and them having really strong men's ministries Mm -hmm. and me just eating it up, like taking it like it was a college course. Like I'm taking all the information in like, okay, you do this, you do that. Like for some people they were going cause they already had a good family background and they were just learning how to be a good man of God. Like I literally was learning how to be a dad. So I will go home and do those things. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was literally learning how to be a good husband. So I will go home and do that. Like they said, you got to have date nights. I'm like, okay, we got to have date night. (laughs) You know, I'm like, okay, we're supposed to do fun stuff for our birthdays and anniversaries. All right, it's birthday anniversary. We're doing fun stuff. You know, like I literally took those things to heart. Like I'm supposed to date my kids, like take them out on dates and treat them in a certain way and show yeah. them how to make good friends and stuff like that. Cause that's mm-hmm. important. Okay. I'm doing it. So Kev, we're going out this night and then this night chase, we're hanging out. And yeah. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because I literally felt like I learned that from that class. So that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Cause mm-hmm. I didn't have a one-on-one relationship with some man telling me how to, how to do that. Well, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah. just seeing God use those classes and even stuff from those classes, now I use to this day and I teach my son when Kev hit a certain age I had this curriculum from that same class Mm -hmm. and I'm teaching it to Kev you know so um just seeing God do that that was a saving grace for my marriage because if I didn't have those little key points we probably uh, we probably wouldn't have wouldn't have made it because we wouldn't have really known each other and and got intimate you know the way that we should have yeah. And truthfully, I've been a Christian since I was really little. And so for sure, even for me, seeing the mighty hand of God, like seeing God work in Kevin's life and then remind myself, because I have been a Christian for so long and obviously, you know, a Christian who struggled with sin like everybody else. But at the same time, I think we get, as if we're Christians for a long time, we kind of get complacent in where yeah. we are with Christ and just our, like, you know, just that slow walk with the Lord, just constantly trying to walk with the Lord. But like just seeing Kevin just be so intentional constantly, mm-hmm. he's just always intentional. He can always take criticism and just um and try to change and try yeah. to be better. And I think that that has made me see that and me say, okay, I need to be more intentional. I need to do this better. I need to do this better. And it has like sparked my relationship with the Lord because he has been, always been so quick to just want to be more like Christ. And so I think, um, you know, I think that I would have settled for a lot of things in my walk with the Lord if it hadn't been for Kevin, Mm -hmm. you know, just pushing me forward and Mm -hmm. not even knowing that he's, he, he does sometimes knows, sometimes he's talking to me about it, but most of the time it's just that. (laughs) Getting on your nerves. (laughs) Okay. There is that. But, but most of the time it's just that, like, um, I'll probably embarrass him when I say this, but most of the time it's just that, like, Every morning at like five o'clock in the morning, even though he only sleeps like three to four hours, he's up mm-hmm. reading his Bible. He's mm-hmm. sitting in the bed beside me while I'm sleeping, mm-hmm. um, reading his Bible. And every night when he goes to bed, after I have fallen asleep, mm-hmm. he's reading his Bible. And most of, most of the nights he falls asleep in our Bible. His Bible is still in our bed. <laughs> like <laughs> I, He pursues the Lord like nobody I have yeah. ever known and like sparks me to constantly pursue the Lord, you know? And so I think just seeing God just, um, 
constantly work in him and constantly yeah. change him has been um, really cool for me. And it has mm-hmm. helped me see God's hand in my own life and helped me just constantly try to be better in my walk with the Lord. So. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. So what piece of advice would you give to people that are listening to challenge them, encourage them of how to choose hope in relationships? Um, so I'm going with just like marriage relationships. I think, um, like, I feel like early in my, in our relationship, you know, (laughs) it's easy to get around your friends and to just like talk junk, um, just because Mm -hmm. you're, you've been frustrated or like you've been, irritated about your um, spouse or about your kids, either one. It's just easy to like migrate to somebody and tell them how terrible your husband is or how, but I feel like um, just early on, I just thought, or maybe somebody told me, I don't know, but just that this was not healthy and that this was making my relationship worse instead of better because I was like, wallowing in something. Mm -hmm. And then my friends, like Kevin said earlier, you know, I get around my friends and, um, and, you know, they're like, you don't deserve that. You do that. So if I need to take something to somebody, make sure it's a person that's going to point me to Jesus and mm-hmm. to point me back to my relationship. And um, and other than that, I speak kindly of, yeah. of my kids, my kids and my husband um, when they're not around. Yeah. And I build them up when they're not around and when they are around and when they're not around. And so just um, purposely... I've just seen in so many relationships that be kind of a breakdown because it's just hurtful to the other person even though you need to like blow off steam sometimes, but just to be careful who you're blowing off steam yeah. to and be careful that that person is pointing you to, um, to the things of Christ. And so I think that's kind of a simple thing, but I think it's just like something that I just see so often in relationships that really hurts relationships, um, for people to just kind of constantly talk negative. I mean, it's just, it's, we're all selfish and it just, you know, um, things just get on our nerves. And so mm-hmm. it's easy to, uh, fuss about those things all the time, but I think it's harder to just build the person up. And um, but I think that that gives life to your relationship. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me it would be I call it developing your chooser. And so uh, what that means to me is that like when I grew up, I didn't have anybody showing me how to make good friends and mm-hmm. how to develop relationships and how to realize this person's probably bad for me. I don't want to spend so much time with them. Or this person is not super cool and saying all the right things and wearing all the right clothes, but they're a good, genuine person and I need to be around them more, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so I think um, whether you have, it's just a one-on-one relationship that they're a person that's your friend or whether it's someone you're dating or you're your your spouse or going to eventually be your spouse like being able to know when you're in that relationship with them when you're first getting to know people is this person like the, the things they're doing are they could they potentially be harmful to me and do I need to like love them from arm's length mm-hmm. or do I need to let them in and be more intimate mm-hmm. with them yeah you know and if I let them in will they hurt me to the point to where you know, it'll stunt my growth in Christ Mm -hmm. and thinking that and understanding that. And as you work through the relationship and interact with them, realizing what kind of person they are, are they the person that I need to love 
love them from a distance and almost mentor mm -hmm. them and, and, and encourage them, but not give them sensitive and intimate parts of my heart because mm -hmm. they, not that they're a bad person, but they just don't know how to handle that information. Yeah. And that's not for them. That's for someone who's more mature that I can give that information over to and, and they're considerate and kind and caring and just more mature in that fashion. And then being able to do that will help me to have a spouse that, you know, someone who is caring and loving and kind. Mm -hmm. And I eventually I'll date someone and be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like this person is potential spouse material mm -hmm. because I've given them more and more like bits and pieces. Totally. And I've seen them as I slowly give them more, they, I see them taking care of it and holding on to it and not just throwing it out there for everybody mm -hmm. else and talking about it yeah. and flippantly saying things about it and hurting me with it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like oh, yeah. I slowly but surely give them bits and pieces of information about who I am and I see them take care of it. And I think that is key when you're building friendships too, yeah. like realizing that you can be my friend that I just hang with every once in a while, or you can be my friend that I talk to all the time and we're mm -hmm. super intimate and you build me up spiritually because I can be intimate with you. Cause yeah. you can't do that with everybody. Yeah. And I try to teach that to my boys because no one ever taught me that. So mm -hmm. I had a lot of really hard relationships, had some really bad intimate relationships with girls and just had some really bad friendships where people betray me mm -hmm. or I was just betraying my friends because yeah. I didn't know how to how to be that to people. So yeah. I would say developing that ability to, you know, almost like guarding your heart and mm -hmm. having an ability to choose where people are and saying, okay, this person, I can let them in closer or this person, I need to keep them back there a little mm -hmm. bit and almost pour into them yeah. and help them to mature more, you know? So, mm -hmm. and I think that's a really hard thing to develop because sometimes when you meet people, you feel like you click. So then you go too fast. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you know, you went too deep and then they hurt you. And you're like, oh, this always happens. Well, you just need to slow your roll a little bit. Just slow down. And I didn't realize that. So I always try to teach my kids that. So that's one thing yeah. I would I would tell people to do that. And that'll help you to choose a good wife. That'll help you to choose a good husband. That'll help yeah. you to keep healthy friendships mm -hmm. and all that good stuff. And I think it would be silly for us to not say, as far as relationship advice, like, if you are struggling in your relationship, there is hope. Like, yeah. seek godly counsel. Seek yeah. godly friends. Yeah. Seek people who are in relationships that are glorifying to God. Um, just surround yourselves with those people who are working hard towards their relationships. If you surround yourselves with people who are, um, <laughs> you know, not in great relationships or who are not like-minded yeah. um, during that hard time, during that struggle, not that you can't be friends with all kinds of people, but during that struggle, you've got to surround yourself with people that are going to point you mm. to Christ. I think it would be crazy for us just with our relationship and the way our relationship has been. We've been married for 16 years. It's been a... Um, the best 16 years and the worst, you know, all at the same time somehow. Like, yeah. it's been hard, but it's been great. I don't mean it hasn't been the yeah. worst. We've had a great time. No, it's been but bad it's been, sometimes. And that's just But we've had, yeah. yeah. But, you the know, it's been bad it is, sometimes. But sometimes it's just been so fruitful. And you're just sitting there thinking, like, oh, my gosh, I could yeah. be married to Jamie. Like, yeah. she's just so nice and sweet and so easy to get along with. And I'm like, wow, like, this is what it's like. You know, mm -hmm. it's just so fruitful. But she's right. You got to... Make sure that you're putting people around you that are for your marriage and not mm -hmm. against your marriage. Yeah, like yeah. people who will see that um, 
you know, you need to uh, focus in on Christ and pray more. Like when you go, oh, well, he's not doing this and he's not doing that. Well, you've been praying, sister. Like you've been reading the word. Like you've been diving into Bible studies. Like, have you really been seeking God out about who God wants you to be in your marriage? Because he might not be doing some stuff, but you might not be doing your part as well. And so people pointing you back to Jesus and being for your relationship and not just trying to beat down your spouse and, and beat him down about what he doesn't do or how he doesn't do it. Now, mm-hmm. granted, your spouse may just be agging up and acting crazy. And <laughs> someone who's loving and kind would be the best person to lead you into how to be how to the best it. version of you and handle that in that best situation. Yeah. But that, like marriages, people with strong marriages and people who are really just trying to just do it for Jesus. Like you are like surrounding yourselves with those people mm-hmm. because that will that will help your process because um, it's going to get hard. Marriage gets really, really hard. Sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. When y'all leave here, I'm going to write down everything that you just said. <laughs> I feel like, have we gone in circles here? Is this- <laughs> no, it's so, so good. And like I told y'all before, I just so admire the way that you pursue after Jesus because when I am around y'all, I see Jesus in you and the way that you love each other and love your kids. And the joy that you have is so contagious. And I know that that is... Jesus in the middle of your marriage and in the middle of your family too. And like, I I just wish everybody could experience y'all as a family unit because y'all are just (laughs) so tightly knit. And I love that. And it just, like, it makes me want for more, like for me too. And so thank y'all so, so much for for sharing. The last question is, the hardest question. Oh, <laughs> um, what would your walk-up song be? Just 30 seconds of a song that gets you insanely hype. <gasps> this was so hard for me. Um, <laughs> you know, I love music so much, but I have to go with like a strong female. And so, like I was saying before, I love me some Whitney. I love <laughs> Kelly Clarkson. It has to be like a, you know, I mean, I was leaning lately. My hype song has been uh, Justin Bieber, Little Drummer Boy. Okay. <laughs> That's a good one, right? I sing that like twenty four seven, but that's not it. Okay, what? I said especially during Christmas. Yeah, I that's right. That um, sorry, but I went with Lauren Hill. <laughs> Lost, Lost one. Um, yeah, and it's it's good stuff. Yeah, it has like the good beat. It would have to be like the beginning of it. The mm-hmm. very beginning of it is like drops a really good beat, and I could see myself walking up to it, but. Yeah, I don't know. That was a hard one for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think for me, it's between two songs. So one is by Boogie Down Productions. Mm-hmm. It's called The Bridge Is Over. There's a couple cuss words in it, so I wouldn't <laughs> so suggest it. I wouldn't suggest <laughs> it. But back in the day, that was like an old school group, and they yeah. had this beat was just crazy. So it starts out with a little piano, like, don't, don't, no, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, or uh, the Gap Band, You Dropped the Bomb in Me. That's that good. was one of the first albums, albums yeah. that we got and we used to listen to when I was little. And so uh, you dropped the bomb. Really good song. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Kevin and Jamie are the kind of people that you want to be your best friends. They are so much fun and they speak so much truth. Like I want them to write a book or have their own podcast or meet with me once a week to counsel me. They are are incredible. And like I said, when you are around them, their joy is contagious. 
and it has been an honor to get to know them over this past year within our community group and it was just an honor to sit with them on my couch and have this conversation and I'm so grateful for how big God is in them and in their relationship and what he has done in their lives and in their kids' lives. We have one more episode left in the couple series. Since next week is Christmas, it will actually come out on Tuesday. So you'll have the opportunity to listen to it if you're traveling home for the holidays. But it is my parents' story, and I'm really excited for you to hear it. This is the first time that we have actually shared it together. We have shared our experiences separately, but to share it together was something really, really special. So I cannot wait for you to hear the craziness of the Shapley Circus. But thank you again for listening. Keep sharing with your friends. Keep having conversations within your circles of influence. And keep choosing hope. And we will see you next week.